Welcome to the Borgen Podcast, the only English language podcast about fictional Danish politics. On our show, we explore the people, events, and parties that make up the fictional Danish parliament on Borgen. I'm one of your hosts, Amy, coming to you from Istanbul, Turkey. And I am, as always, joined by my good friend and co-host, Chantal, who broadcasts from her room with a fabulous view in Toronto, Canada. And this episode is a bonus episode for season one, where we are going to talk about the styling of the show, the look of the costumes, the sets, the interiors, exteriors, and all of those kind of visual elements that make up great television and cinema. Chantal, do you want to start or shall I? Uh, I, I'm happy to start. So yeah, I mean, one of the things that we noticed when we were watching season one is the minimalism and simplicity of the sets. Um, yes. We found that the emphasis was on really strongly on the character development, the plot, the excellent writing and directing. Um, mm -hmm. We started talking about, in preparation for this bonus episode, we started talking about Uh, the main sets that we see. So Brigitte's home where we spend a lot of time in their home yep. scenes. Um, we mainly in the living room and um, in the kitchen. Her home mm -hmm. is simple. The kitchen and the living room are where the most of the scenes take place. Um, and I, I kind of like that because to me, to me, that's we, where all the actions in the home take place. Well, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. We see some of that too, but not at the end of the season. No, not not in the end of the season. No. But um to me, if you have strong writing and directing in characters, you don't need to go above and beyond with extravagant yeah. background. And you know what I mean? I really like the interior of their house. It's a, not a very big house. Evidently, it looks to me, I mean, it's sort of hard for me to piece everything together. But like there are French doors in the inside. Mm -hmm. The divide separate the bedroom from the, the bedroom room. from the living room. And also Magnus's room has French doors and it's on the lower floor too, I, I think. And Laura's that. room is upstairs and we don't see the upstairs of the house. Right. I don't think. No, we don't, I don't see, think we, we ever see, see the upstairs. Yeah. We see the stairs and just the lower floor. And I'm pretty sure Magnus's room is on the lower floor and they have a yellow L-shaped sofa, which I actually would, would look really good in my house. <laughs> I have dark blue walls. It would go really well in my living room and with my like, you know, orange tone carpets and my orange tone cat. It would, she would match that sofa perfectly. Um, but yeah, I really like, and I like the openness. I like the light in the kitchen. I like their furnishings. You know, this is going to sound really funny, but one of the items in their house that I really like is the plastic box that they keep cereal in. I don't like <laughs> it. <laughs> they don't have cereal boxes. They have like a plastic bin in a, it's yeah. like a rectangular upright Answer bin, like an obelisk. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I really, I really like that. And I like all the French press coffee makers too. Mm -hmm. Everywhere is French press. And I'm like, mm -hmm, those people know good well, coffee. I, I also take to their house because, you know, you, you know, I mean, you've been to my apartment, you've stayed here when you visited Toronto. Yes. I live in a very, you know, you can consider my place almost like Katrine's place, which we'll get to in a, in a, in a little bit, but it's simple, it's functional, you know, and I also yeah. live, you know, I lived in New York for four years. I also have that New York mentality of life is on the outside and pre-pandemic. Yeah going out everywhere all the time, mm -hmm. literally used my place to come and eat, sleep and take a shower. And it was time to go again and spend like yep. 12 hours outside. So for me, I don't, it's not so much the size, it's the utility of the apartment. And it's, yes, it's um, how it functions for me. And you know, the saying is um, you don't live for a house, the house lives for you. 
So yes. it suits my needs, just like in Brigitte's home, it suits their needs, right? Yeah. Um, and then when we see Brigitte at work, so having getting the you know job as the PM and moving into that beautiful space, I think the office, and this was your point, Amy, um, a while ago when we were talking about the earlier episodes together yep. offline, that you had noticed and observed that the, the office is a character all by itself. Yes, that's right. right. It, yeah, and it, it's like even the art, like the whole thing with the art that gets changed when she takes over as PM and like wants modern art. And then she ends up with this really weird, almost obscene, futuristic avant-garde stuff. And she's like, not that modern. <laughs> and it's like slightly <laughs> obscene. It's so funny. That's one of the funnier scenes in the beginning. But yeah, the, this, I mean, and like Brigitte Nyborg, states minister is like that character lives in that office. That's where that's that off. That's where that character is centered and her great big desk. And she has her meetings there and like the two sofas with the coffee table in between, mm -hmm. but it's very, it's a very powerful space. And yeah. You know, I think at the beginning of the show, we see it's Hesselbo who's PM, right? Yes. Yes. And he, that's his office. And then it's not anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and like, I like that as well. And, oh, by the way, your, your apartment is bigger than Katrine's. Katrine only has one room. You have more than one room. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. But going, going back to Brigitte's office for a second. So like, I know the feeling I get when I see her sit behind the desk, I feel her might and power. You know, yes. and I feel as you were saying about all the different spaces, like, you know, she take she took meetings with Crone, uh, who was a big guy yeah, in Denmark, big, very yeah. powerful businessman in, in that office, in the sofa, like in the sofa when when it was my episode and we talked about uh, the prime minister of Tunisia that came to to visit. A lot yep. of their conversations took place on that sofa in that office. And we see also meetings with her ministers take place in the yep. sort of table space in that yep. office. Um, and the same with the Greenland guy where he's like, yes, so you're going to give me coffee. You're going to tell me that you're going to give me what I need. And then I'm going to go away and you're going to forget about us. Mm -hmm. A lot. Right? And like, yeah, but a it's lot not always good. I mean, that's I mean, that's 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 what yeah. you get sometimes. Yeah. Difficult conversations and situations and, and nerves. I mean, let's not forget how nervous she was to meet Crone. That was a night yeah. thing. She had gone home. She had, you know, like fixed herself up, come back to work. She had coffee with him uh, on the couch there. So, so yeah, um, I, I do feel her, like I said, her might and power as a prime minister in that office. Um, I like the space and all the people that come to visit her, you know, her, a lot of scenes where pivotal stuff and decisions are, are made happen between her and Casper. Oh, your kitty's yeah. joined you. Yeah, she 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 loves Zoom meetings. This cat is like, when I was doing Zoom lessons from home, I'm a teacher, again, just for those of you who haven't listened to us until today, which I don't know why you would. But anyway, this kitty is a Istanbul street cat who a friend of mine found and gave to me. I have another cat too, who's a senior cat who was um, the product of a broken home. Um, but she also came to live with me. And this one had guest spots during my online lessons. So it oh, would be really? like Fridays, it would be like, okay, kitty time. And I would like see how she's growing and stuff. Yeah. And so she was bigger. like, yeah, she was about to like knock the microphone over. So I just picked her up. So if you hear weird cat noises in the background of this it's podcast, her. it's her. Yeah. The senior right. cat is like, I don't, I don't talk. Well, I don't. 
Well, we're welcome. We're, we're, we welcome her to, to join us yeah. in our, our conversation and be our live audience, our live yes. audience, Amy. Um, okay, That's so moving right. on to another place where we see uh, Brigitte and her family go to is Marienborg. Mm-hmm. So Marienborg, this is where they go. Um, it might have been episode eight where they they go there for a family trip. And it doesn't yeah, it's like the well. the. Yeah, it's the PM summer residence, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yes. And it's like it's like in most countries, I guess, where like the prime minister's office has specific residences. Yeah. Um, like the, I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, in Turkey, you get a whole palace with a golden bathroom, apparently. Um, so I mean, I don't know. That's a rumor. But uh, yeah, there's all these specific buildings intended for the leadership. Oh, and one more point before we touch on that again. As you said, like apartments in New York function as a place to to like keep your stuff while you live your life. Mm-hmm. In Turkey, it's the same. Like a lot of younger people, their social lives happen in, you know, drinking tea with friends, tea and coffee with friends in cafes. Uh-huh. And um, it was a real struggle in for like culturally for a lot of people here to not have that during the pandemic. And now there's like sidewalk seating. So like, every, and it's quite warm here, of course, Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. So people are able to sit outside. Yeah, and get some of that back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was a big, that's a big thing here. So for sure, your your little apartment serves you well. And then you go out for oh, your it friends. Serves you well, as you know, Amy, you've you've been one's here. little apartment. I've 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 had so many parties here. Yeah. Halloween parties. Legend. And, and <laughs> pride parties. And um mm-hmm. I had a uh, St. Patrick's Day party here once and birthday parties, and it's it's fantastic. We'll yeah, it's it was, one day. <laughs> we'll do it again one day. We'll do it again one day. Yeah. But uh, going back to Marienborg. So for me, the first mm-hmm. time we met Marienborg, uh, it felt very stately with the, yes. the staff there. And I, I felt that they have um, all the staff that worked there had the utmost decorum and respect for Brigitte. Yeah, it was very they formal. To serve her family. Yeah, like they were dressed very formally and they had a yeah. strict protocol of what they're going to serve. For, yeah. Like, like, uh, Philip and, and Brie get there and like, yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll just get a pizza. And it's like, but it's roast beef. Mm-hmm. Well, he and says like, that. that's his idea. Yeah. Brigitte is all will all ready to listen to what the, what the, what the plan is, but he's yeah. it's being, you know, a little more, uh, uneasy with it and wanting to just do whatever he wants, not realizing that you don't go into the PM's residence and make rules up. You know, yeah. So, um, Although so. I don't see why not. Why couldn't you? You're the PM. Just no. I guess, but that. it's it's nice to be served too. I yeah, mean, I true. would love to go to a place like that where I had staff serving me, and you know, I know, right? Luxurious things on the menu that I would not be able to make myself, and mm-hmm. clean up after me in a clean space to you know people make your bed up, and that's fantastic. Yes. Um, yeah, so so over to Katrine's apartment now, as we touched upon a little, little earlier. Uh, both of us agree we like the simple simplicity of it, the the minimalist, and and as I said, yeah. much like living in New York. Um, yeah, and, and with like interesting Euro accents, like she has interesting light fixtures. She's got a she's got a like a proper Italian espresso machine. It's like the only appliance in her whole house is like a coffee maker and like a. Tiny well, she's got the kitchen. essentials, right? I mean, coffee yeah. is important and. 
um, like it, it works very well. So in in the in the space that she sleeps in is also her her office. She's got a, a yeah. big Mac desktop set set up there, and that's where she, yeah. I guess, writes her articles and edits edits things and takes phone calls as she's working from home. Um, yeah. And she has a very like minimalist, you know, eating area. <clears throat> we see her host Hannah there. Hannah's come over yeah. to um, visit her and chat. And yeah. you and Benjamin, Casper. yeah, Casper. You've seen Casper, her friend coming over to, you know, chat to her and stuff like that and try to understand why she doesn't (laughs) like him and all this sort of stuff. And then we see Benjamin, who she's seeing that that's the trainer. He's over at her place and spending nights and whatever, but it it functions. Yeah, and getting takeout, bringing takeout home, which is so nice. Like, yeah, I I, I love those scenes. I'm obsessed with television takeout meals. Like I am obsessed. Every time somebody orders something, I'm like, where'd they order that from? (laughs) <laughs> like if I was like, if I lived in that neighborhood, would I be able to get that? Like even the, even in episode nine, like there's a, I didn't speak about this in our episode nine episode, uh, episode nine episode, mm-hmm. but Casper and Katrine meet for lunch and they have these excellent looking takeaway sandwiches with like really good bread mm-hmm. and like mineral water. It's like San Pellegrino water. And I'm like, I, I, I would eat that for lunch. Like, and they're in this nice park and she has like this really nice beige, blazer on with like really good jeans and like a really nice shirt and I'm like I'm totally in envy of her outfit and then she and Casper actually end up yelling at it well she pushes him about what's happened with her father and he confesses that he was just this loser and like a horrible person and that he hated his life with him and he's been to a psychologist and like that's just the way it is and this is why he's broken basically mm. he he pretty much confessed not completely confesses everything to her close but it comes close. Yeah. And so like, there's a bit of a breakthrough there and we don't see the repercussions of that conversation until season two. Um, and like a bit later, but like, mm-hmm. I'm so obsessed with those meals, like anything people eat on TV, I'm obsessed. Yeah. It's, Cause it's a reflection of, of what's available in their city mm-hmm. and what we can have if we visited there and Um, what, what does someone eat for lunch or, you know, what's popular to order or quick, but the reason why I, another reason why I like Katrine's apartment is because this is where a busy career woman lives, you know, and and this is the appeal of, of where I live as well, which, you know, is, is, um, you know, I don't want to shovel snow. I don't want to rake leaves. I don't want to plant flowers. Like these things don't interest me. Um, so again, for me, this is the, in my life and in Katrine's life, this is the apartments that function to facilitate this urban life and lifestyle. Yeah. Katrina well, and, I. and in Europe too, people don't like single family dwellings are not nearly as common as apartments are. That's it's just the way it is in Europe. Like most, even families will live in a, in an apartment. Like for mm-hmm. example, my apartment, um, my, the house owners, my landlords live in the apartment underneath me. And in the front, I live on the back of the building. They live underneath me and in the front of the building. Mm-hmm. And this is their apartment. And like my landlord's mother used to live here. I mean, she passed away. I don't know if she died in this apartment or not, mm-hmm. but I haven't gotten any weird energy. And so if she did, she's like, my plants grow really well here. Yeah. And I know she had a garden. <laughs> so if yeah. she's present, it's helping me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good. And yeah. And like, they're really lovely. And that means like, like that, that's quite common in Turkey. Like families will live in one building or one building site mm-hmm. and like are close to each other. Cause family is very, very important here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, but like for a, a family to live in like a house, the house, if you have a house, it's in the village, you know, 
To me, yeah, it's outside of the city. To me, yeah, outside you know, the city. As I, as I said, you know, I, I I grew up in biomedical research. I had a career there for 15 years. I met, I've worked with all international people. And that yeah. was one of the most fabulous things about that job that um, <clears throat> meeting Canadian people there that were born and raised. And when I lived in New York, even all of us were were new to the city. There, were, I did not work with another American person. There was mm-hmm. a, it was a, you know, it was about six of us in that lab and we were all from different countries, which was fantastic, you know, to share and offer what do we eat or what do we drink at this occasion? We celebrated all the holidays together because we were kind of like, you know, orphans by ourselves working. Yeah. Um, but getting to know all these people and then of course becoming friends with them and traveling to visit them in our, our post-life lab or yeah. post-lab life. Um, you know, traveling to Paris, I've been to Hungary a couple of times to visit someone. I've yeah. been like wherever I go, that's one of the things I notice as well. And this idea of having a big house, oh, now I'm married and I have children, so I need a big house is is is, is I think a very North American. It's um, totally North American. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely North American <laughs> don't, concept. People don't do that in, in other countries. And in fact, in fact, I think it's it's over the top to want yeah. to have this like big, big house. And it, it's all a waste. I mean, you know, yeah, it's a very, it uses up a lot of resources. I'll tell you that. Well, you it's know. a lot of time. It's a lot of cleaning. It's a lot of maintenance. Yeah. And personally, I, I'm not into that at all. I, I want a very like small place that serves me well. I don't care about square footage. I don't care about whatever. So it, 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 it serves well. So, yeah. um, Moving on now to TV One, which is another oh, wait. place of ours. There's one detail in Katrine's apartment that oh, I want to mention. Please, please. She has a poster on her closet door of All the President's Men, which is a 1970s film with Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman. And um, it is about the Deep Throat Watergate story. It's about Watergate and um, Woodward and Bernstein, who were two very, very famous journalists who exposed Nixon and the Watergate scandal. And it's a fantastic film. And it is so perfect for a, a keen young journalist to have that poster and like ha- know that film and know those two journalists mm-hmm. and like want to be like her. The, her investigative drive is like that's her inheritance like she's linked to Woodward and Bernstein Mm -hmm. and I thought that was like such a perfect detail but if you don't know the film or you don't know that story you wouldn't necessarily know that but right there it is and it's a non-verbal way for Katrine to communicate to the viewer that this is where her interest lies exactly like her level of journalism and interest in this profession is not let's cover the story happening at the end of the street, you know, right. or in a local school. It's, it's a lot broader than that. Yeah. That was a national scandal. Like mm-hmm. she's in the PM's office. She's interviewing the prime minister. Mm-hmm. This isn't, this isn't like, you know, small town um, newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like moose wanders into a schoolyard. It's not like, you know, food. No, no, that, no. those kinds of stories actually happen in Canada occasionally. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I guess they could happen in Denmark too. They probably happen in Norway, I'm sure. <laughs> but Perhaps. like, you know, it does show her ambition as a journalist. And yes. I thought that was really interesting and appropriate. Yes. And if you can hear background noise now, both of my cats are going crazy because it's like runaround time. It's 9.30. Okay. Playtime. Yeah. And it's yeah. 1.30 here. Um, yeah. <laughs> 9.30 PM. Everyone knows. Yeah. Um, all right. So should we move on to TV One now? 
Yes, let's. Okay, so TV One is another uh, place that we like and that a lot of our scenes take place and it's a very busy and fast productive place. As I said in in uh, previous episodes, I like the team huddle in the mornings with Tor- Torben yeah. leading the team huddle to figure out what they'll present of the news that happened overnight and of the morning. Um, we and who will get to take on the stories. And I, I enjoy the scenes in the control room because we also, when Katrina's reporting, and this is one of the big fights that her and Torben had, this was the yes. time, Amy, you talked about it in episode nine, where um, Katrine removes the earpiece. Earpiece, yeah. Right? And um, she wanted to ask a lot of her own pointed questions of high-profile people that she was interviewing, such as when she had Brigitte in her, you know, yeah. right in her. Um, and this is in the control room is where Pia and Torben- Yeah, Pia's the director. Yeah. Yeah. So they would be like yelling on Katrine, don't ask that, wrap it up now, yeah. hurry up. Yeah. So there's a lot of um, control that happens in that control room and, and essential communication. So yeah, so exactly. What do you think about TV one? I love it. And like, I like that it's one of those open concept offices, but it's very techie. Like everybody has good computers and like, you know, like to work. And- yeah. Yeah, space to work. And it's in a really modern building. Like the exterior is really modern. And you, if you, you know, like Torben, both Torben and Katrine smoke. So they got to go up on the roof and smoke mm-hmm. up there. Yeah, there's like, I'm a non- roof. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a non-smoker, of course. Like I don't smoke because I think it's horrifying. But like the, the, the fact <laughs> they, that they're like, that they still do that. It's like, it's so like dirty, you know? Like it's like this dirty secret that they have. And it's one way that they communicate you know, like something they have in common. Yeah. And so and they, it's also like, they go private, up there to think. It's also a private meeting space because you, you yeah, there are scenes with Katrina and Torben up on the rooftop, like in the episode, I think it was my episode where they interviewed that soldier that was giving them Intel on the right. um, planes that were coming into uh, the planes that were going to, to Greenland, I think. To Greenland. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And they had a lot of heated conversations about should they air the interview? Should they interview this guy? Should they trust this source? And, yep. and, and there were a lot of heated discussions that her and Torben had together upstairs on the roof. On the roof. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I forgot about the roof. Actually, we do see the roof a few times. Yeah. And the other interesting feature at TV one is the bathrooms are genderless. Oh, are they? I, I don't. Yeah. You that. see men and women walking in there all the time. Like I think, Hane walks in on Ulrich, I think. And like, it just seems like an open concept bathroom. And I thought that was so progressive and interesting. Mm-hmm. And the only other place I've seen that is at Gallery Lafayette in Paris. I, ju- I just had my semester break and I know it's the pandemic and everything, but like I, I had plans to meet a friend there and I ended up going there by myself because of topsy-turvy planning. But at Gallery Lafayette on Champs-Élysées, like you walk in, the bathrooms are like gender free and um, fantastic. And it was just like really, really interesting environment. And I was like looking for like, where's the other side? Like what side is, and it's like, this is the only place. Oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and like enlightened. Gen- and yeah, like, I really bathrooms, which came to North America, well, it came to Toronto um, a few years ago, I would say. Yeah. You know, in in museums and galleries, I noticed, and also in in certain bars or things like that, usually in the LGBT area, not in the straight area. Um, It's more progressive where you don't, it's genderless. It doesn't really matter if, uh, if it's a man or woman. Yeah. 
So, yeah. yeah. And uh, that was one. And that's another place where conversations happen, right? Like in the toilets, you know, and also like in the hallway, like by the coffee machines and stuff. Um, I think that's where Hannah actually passes Casper information about, about the book. Yeah. She like, she like, she's like, you dropped a paper. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's her paper. She dropped it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the list of names. The list of names that have people that are mentioned in that. Yeah. Casper should follow up on if he wants to get his hands on the book. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool as well. And yeah, I like TV one. Like I would like to work there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And get those really good sandwiches. (laughs) And and work under the direction of Hannah. That would be amazing. And have a gym with the hottie Benjamin in my spin class. That would be nice. Oh yeah. They have a, I I think the gym is in TV one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They have a gym. Yeah. 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 Well, that's so cool. In this room, the staff is working all sorts of hours. They yeah. don't have time to go to another gym. It's fantastic that it's on site. So, um, so yeah. So let's move on now to uh, wardrobe, fashion, lifestyle. So yes, Brigitte to me, she's always well dressed and professional looking. We never see her in relaxed clothes. Um, I think we may have seen her in a robe or something in the earlier episodes of the season. Yeah, I think we see her in track in track track pants in like one of the early episodes when she's kicking back with Philip at home. I think they make out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And he's casually dressed too, but they're usually after, as their relationship deteriorates, their clothing becomes more formal Mm -hmm. over the course of the season. And like, I have to say for the uh, female cast members, jackets, jackets, jackets. Oh yeah. I want to steal all the blazers and like some of the stitching on Brigitte's collars and like her blazer collars is just like impeccable. Mm -hmm. Everything is perfect. And I know it's TV and I know they have like a wardrobe person to like tailor things and like put people Mm -hmm. in good clothes, but my God, Katrine's wardrobe, Hannah's wardrobe and Brigitte's wardrobe. I want a combination of those things. Mm -hmm. Probably Hannah's would be perfect for me. Well, our, our, uh, I stole her look. Look well, at my. If listeners go to our website, you're going to see Amy and her Hannah Holm outfit. Yeah. My, my top, yeah, my top Hannah Holm outfit with a gray blazer and a pink and gray scarf. That picture came from a Model UN conference because I'm the Model UN coordinator at my school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do that with the kids. And so we have to dress up as well. So I like, I, I, I may or may not have intentionally dressed like that. Let's just put it like that. Well, I think it's a fitting picture for our uh, our website. My picture was, uh, you know, we started this uh, project together, the podcast in the pandemic. Um, that photo that I use is um, is right after I gave myself a haircut. Yes, that's right. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> I cut my own hair a few times during that's this. That's so pandemic. brave. And I was very proud of my job because I'd never cut my yeah. own hair before. Many people had to cut their own hair in the pandemic. So yeah. that profile picture of me on our website is actually me like 30 minutes after I cut my own hair. I'd gone to take a shower to wash it and shampoo it and style it up a bit. And I thought, this is the photo I'm going to use because it's a current photo. It's not me from 20 years ago. Um, yeah. It's a current photo, but it's also a, a silent joke to myself that, oh my God, I yes. started a podcast in, in, in the pandemic and now I'm using pandemic hair to like pandemic advertise hair. myself. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, well, I just didn't cut my hair and I had short hair before the pandemic and now it's long. So there you go. <laughs> I had like, like and by short hair, I mean like boy short, like, yeah, 
very the short pixie hair. Cut. Pixie, yeah, pixie cut. And boy. now it's like a shaggy bob. So there you go. Yeah. But I have had it cut by a professional recently. So there you go. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm um, able to do that here now or triple vaccines. Finally, and stuff. finally allowed. Yeah. Same here. Although for a joke, I, I may cut my own hair again because I definitely needed a cut. Why not? If Why not? Good. It, do it. Why not? It's cheaper. It's cheaper. It's, I don't have to go to the appointment. You know, I just do it yeah. myself and I, I can't really screw it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's at that, it's at that right length. I know friends that have shorter yeah. hair, they're afraid to cut their own hair, but for me, oh, I yeah. think it's an adventure. I think it's fun. Why not? If you mess it up, laugh about it. I work from yeah. home now anyways, no one really sees me and you know, you they're yeah. good enough for zoom for your work calls, you know? Yeah, so exactly. just to finish up about Brigitte at home. So I think even at home, sometimes when she's, we see her, even when she's at home eating meals, she's still in her PM clothes. And of course that yeah. represents that she may be home just to have a bite with her family for dinner, but then she's getting ready to go back to the office. As yeah. we she's never off duty. Um, she's yeah, never, never off, off duty. duty. So she's, she's always in work mode and she's just home to eat. You know what I mean? And spend time. With yeah. the kids. So let's move on to Philip now and talk about uh, his wardrobe. And I think Philip always dresses like a businessman, even when he's taking the yes. kids around, he's wearing a suit jacket and a button up shirt. And I always say to myself, why? Like, this is so ridiculous. Why not wear dad clothes? You know, because Running he's a dark. European dad and European dads don't dress like schlubs. I'm telling you. Well, I think Europeans in general don't dress the way North Americans dress, you know? No, they don't. It was, so, I mean, yeah. Yeah. E- even in Istanbul, like Istanbul, you know, we, there's a lot of different people from a lot of different income brackets living here. And like, you know, lots of different, like there's a lot of, my neighborhood is kind of a bohemian neighborhood and it's pretty alt culture And like, you can see some like hippie looking people or some punky looking people or some, you know, like gender bending people and like gender fluid people here, um, which is very cool. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, the general kind of business look is quite formal. Like it was a big revolution when we were allowed to wear jeans. Like I, I, this is a new thing. Yeah. You told me about that. And um, I guess dress more formally. Yeah. Yeah. They dress more formally. Yeah, for sure. Even dads at like, I, and I, like I said, it was just in, and like, I know it's Paris and it's like fashion city. And it yeah, was, it was fashion week. It was fashion week when I was there. So I saw some pretty hot fashions, mm-hmm. but like even dads at the park, like even if they're in casual sports clothes, it's still fashionable, casual sports clothes. Yeah. And expensive. Like everybody expensive. pretty, not always, but like put together, you know, uh-huh. like yeah. put together. Yeah. And like, there were a few people, a few older like not older, but like my age, people, my age in the subway who like, I looked, there was some head turns. I was like, who is that zaddy? You know, <laughs> like, like some like nice coats, good footwear, prop, like properly dressed people. And the young people all look cool too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it, yeah, it's a different kind of style. So Philip's dad style is very Euro dad. And he'll wear like, he'll wear like a, yeah, blazer and like jeans, which is like blazer and jeans always looks okay to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, done properly. Yeah. Yeah. Done so, properly with a properly fitted shirt, not something that's yeah. hanging down to someone's knees and that's oh no big, but proper fitted clothes that come together nicely is always attractive on a man or a woman. Yes. No cargo pants. No cargo pants. Nowhere. Nowhere. Yep. And um, even Benjamin, the sports trainer, even he looked well-dressed, even when he was at the gym. 
Mm-hmm. Even Katrine's gym clothes are nice. Like it's just nice. And everybody has good hair. Yeah. On the show. Like Brigitte's hairstyles are great. Like there's one where it's like obviously and in a out, ponytail and, and like out, uh, up turned up and fanned out. Yeah. It's so, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. And like the men's haircuts always look fresh. Like it's so nice. I mean, I know it's TV and like they have people who make it look this way. And like in real life, it's not necessarily that way, but it's so like Phillips. I think Philip has a really nice like look groomed. You know? Yeah. He has a nice groomed beard and so does Casper. Yeah. It's yeah. not this like shaggy unkempt, you know, I haven't seen a trimmer in, you know, days and days like. Yeah. yeah. There's no squirrels living in there. yes and and the last point i had that i'd written down in preparation for this uh episode here was uh han which we've talked about um her her great uh scarves and blazers and jeans yeah the scarves yeah also what makes han sexy to me is is the way she carries herself and her yes intuition and her skill and experience and her fearless confidence confidence mm-hmm. her fearlessness to speak out and say yeah. what about this why is this person having a meeting there why are they late on making this announcement like she's she's yeah. just a consummate professional in what mm-hmm. she does mm-hmm. um exactly. and also that she shares that with Katrine and inspires yeah. Katrine to be a better journalist yeah so. and I love her eyewear as well oh yeah she's got like she's got like boss bitch glasses it's so great like she just carries herself so well. And like, you know, she knows what she's doing. There's no doubt. Like, mm-hmm. like why question her ability? Why question her professionalism? And she certainly knows which questions to ask. She pushes all the right buttons. Yeah. And sometimes to the derision of her male colleagues, but it's obvious that they, like, I think in journalism and like other kind of, you know, professions where you have to be outspoken, that's part of any person's job. Mm-hmm. I think women get the, the short end of the stick because as soon as a woman's outspoken it's like oh why are you so bossy and loud yeah why are you so emotional yeah 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 or or how dare you ask us that question like sort of why are you being so pushy yeah yeah and don't ask that yeah whereas male journalists would probably be told they were being you know like um sharp or inquisitive yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. or what a fantastic angle what a fantastic question right but i also think you know, that old thing, got to work twice as hard for half the credit, you know? Yeah. Well, same, same all, I think in, in every profession, you know, unfortunately, but just why it's so important, I think, to meet men and women as we were talking, or we will talk about in, in the last uh, episode we record, which is a recap of nine and 10, how important it is to, 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 to meet the right mentor Right. So yes, Bent is an excellent mentor. We see Hannah as an excellent mentor. These people are not hiding their 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 skills and experience. They want to share it with people. And that's the mark of a great professional and friend from Bent to Brigitte, you know? Yes. Um, and and I will, yeah, go ahead. Oh, keep going. No, keep going. No, I just wanted to say, um, no, you should go because my point is another point so go ahead so is mine I was gonna say one of the other things that I like speaking of like the fact that Hannah is a you know a middle-aged woman in like mid-career and like you know she doesn't look she's not it's not some 30 year old actress playing someone older you know it's like the actors play the age of the character they are like Bent is a political veteran Mm -hmm. and who's what's he look like as an actor he's like 
a short guy. He's a little bit paunchy. You know, he's got the graying. There's another well-groomed beard, actually. I mean, he has slightly longer hair because his hair is a bit messy, though, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's almost a nod to like, you know, his youth as a like probably 1960s young politician, you know, 1960s, 70s. He was probably young in the 70s. Right. Mm -hmm. So he has that kind of like almost like lefty look a little bit unkempt, but not quite. Mm -hmm. And you see all these different body types, like there's super long and lanky Huxhaven. There's, you know, like Philip is pretty fit, Mm -hmm. like. I know he's naughty and we don't like him at the end of the season one, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. no, he's got a good body. There was a totally. scene I remember where he was wearing a, a tank top. Oh yeah. Right. A I white tank that. top. <laughs> yeah. I know you remember that very well. I think he's hot. That actor is hot. I think he's hot too. I think he's, he's a very, very attractive man. And I do see the appeal in him, like from his looks, but also yes. the beginning, he was a very, like, I would, I would sync with him very well. And I would, you know, that would be someone who would be a friend in my life. You know, yeah. I, I think he's great. But actually, Amy, we're so in sync because that's exactly what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the casting and the looks of these yeah. people. So I'll just continue on of what you said. Yeah, we see sure. different, we see different ages. Yeah. We see different genders in, in, yeah. in non-gender conforming roles. We don't see yeah. the women at home cooking and baking and driving yeah. up and down. They're in power positions, yeah. right? Um, we, we also, you know, we could also comment on the looks of these characters. And if you contrast the casting in Borgen as compared to any North American series, oh, yeah. to me, and if you take other British series as well, um, the people in that, they're not super, what America considers supermodel. They don't look like that. They look yeah, like- they don't all, Yeah, they don't all go to the same Hollywood surgeons. Exactly. Exactly. Their teeth or aren't the super hyper white to get yeah. certain, you know, things done to them. Yeah. And so, the clinics, yeah. The, 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 yeah, their teeth aren't hyper white. You know, it's like, you don't have that like Hollywood ding smile. Like there's, there's diversity in, yeah. People look like real people. Even Katrine, who's like the young, hot journalist, like her body's not perfect. She works out all the time. Like, you know, her body's but not like perfect, but also I think her look is not centerfold either yeah no she's not right you know, she's yeah she's not like yeah she's not model pretty she's not unattractive by any means no she's whatsoever. average and this is yeah this is why i feel a connection she's character because, yeah this is someone who's believable yeah right like an ordinary gal who worked hard and she made it and she's making it she's she's, she's yeah. progressing and she's doing well in her career and 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 making a name for herself in the industry yeah. Uh, and like Sana, the, the secretary, the redhead secretary is more conventionally good looking than the actress who plays Katrine. Yeah. But they both are very good characters and they're like, they're both excellent actresses. Like mm-hmm. I can, I like, there are, you know, I would love to be able to see that. I'm going to look for some of these actors and actresses in other roles. Like obviously, um, Pilu Atbeck, he's he's around. He's been in Game of Thrones. Like you can't get much more bigger than that as far as big series in the last few years have come out. Mm-hmm. Um, Sidse Babu Knudsen is in quite a few films. 
mm-hmm. and series. And um, yeah, we talked you know, about it. So she was in yeah. Burgundy, which was done by Peter Strickland. Yes. And I think it was like 2015. And the thing that struck me about that is the visuals. And I talked about it in a bonus episode that we called uh, Br- Brigitte Nyborg. And mm-hmm. I, what I, what I forgot to expand on in that was how visually stunning that film was. And I don't think you've seen it, Amy, but you've heard me talk no, about I haven't. it ad nauseum because I was so entranced by, by her character in this show, in this movie. Um, but the visual, the visual beauty, it was about uh, studying butterflies. That was her, she was a butterfly scientist. And so yes. you see the beauty of these butterflies, you would hear like when they flap their wings, like the director, he would enhance the sound. Like it yes. was just, it was beautiful. Um, so mm-hmm. we've seen her in that. We've seen her in Westworld. She was in a film with Tom Hanks, whose name yep. film escapes me title right now. She was in that uh, film that you saw, Wildland. Wildland, yeah, where she plays a like a mafia boss. <laughs> it's completely yeah. different role. Yeah. Yeah. And, and different course- look. And like, she's, she's strong and powerful in that too, mm-hmm. you know? But talking about other things they've done, so I I actually um, I I I follow some European actresses that I really like, mm-hmm. and one of them starred in a show that I was really wanting to see, and I had Googled it and searched how could I see this show, this Norwegian show called Aberbergen, and mm-hmm. I found this um, platform called MHZ Choice. Yep. And so I've been scanning what is what is what do they put out from Norway? What do they put out from Sweden? What did they put out from, yep. from Denmark? And it, they also have other um, countries too, like Poland. And I saw something from yep. Hungary recently, a film. Um, but when I looked, I saw I saw the guy that plays Torben. He's on a yep. series on Netflix, a Nor- yep. uh, uh, Scandinavian series. He has a main yep. role. I think it has something to do with diving. Yes, that's right. Movie. Yes. Yes. So he's in that. And then the woman that plays Katrine, she's in a um, a series that they have on MHZ Choice. I saw her face. Uh, maybe in this conversation, I'll be able to pull it up. But it's it's great to see what mm-hmm. else they do. Um, yeah, I've seen Amir, the guy who plays. Yeah, I've seen the guy who plays Amir in um, a show called Trapped from Iceland, uh, which was really good. He plays, I think he plays, he either plays a military or police chief, something to do with, I can't remember exactly, but he's in there and he plays, he's plays a fairly main role in another series that's on Netflix right now where he does play a police chief, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a crime investigation show and he's think- really good as well. It's nice to see them in different roles, isn't it? So I, I have the, yeah. pulled up the, I know that guy. Said, I pulled up, what's that? I'm like, you're like, I know that guy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like I said, it's nice to see them outside of, outside of um, Borgen, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm on the MHZ choice website now. So the, the, um, the show that the actress that plays Katrine did is called Gray Zone. What's her name? Gray Zone. Um, yeah, that's good. Gray Zone. It's a crime. It's a crime uh, show. Um, and they don't have her name here, but we are going to get her name. Um, yeah, I'm terrible with names. Sometimes I don't even know my students' names. I call them by the wrong name sometimes. <laughs> they, they totally clown me for doing that too, which is I, know. I deserve. <laughs> so her name is her name is Brigitte actually in real life. There you go. Hort H J O R T Sorensen is her name. Hort Sorensen. Hort. 
And the guy that plays short. Torben is Soren Maling. Soren Maling, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he, I knew that. Yeah, so he's in a he's in a Netflix show um, right now, which I may not be able to call up. Let me see what else I had written down here to talk about. Uh, yeah, that was it. Just those those characters. I don't know if there's anything else you want to uh, to talk about. Um, I just wanted to point out in the episode that happens around Christmas time. I can't remember if I mentioned this in the main part of the episode. I might have. But like the Christmas tree in the PM's office is not fancy. It looks like a Charlie Brown tree. It's kind of small and it's kind of sparse and it's very natural looking. It's not like like a 10 foot tall, like perfect Douglas fir that you would see at the White House or something all decorated in one color. It looks very homey. And I just thought that was like such a good detail. Like it's such a humble detail, you know, it's not ostentatious. It's not showy. It's like, it's like homey Christmas. It was, I just thought that was nice, you know? Yeah. As an interior detail. Yeah. And it's, um, it, it also speaks to the rest of the show, how things are minimalist. They don't have to be big and extravagant, right? Um, yeah. To, for it to make the point. And I think that's one of the successes of the show. And even reading about this show and how it was perceived, apparently the people putting the show together were saying, were doubting that it would be a, uh, a hit because mm. who wants to know a story about the prime minister and, and, um, and their life, but they were yeah. wrong. And apparently, you know, I think someone was quoted on the cast to say um, people were very, very intrigued by it because who has seen the bathroom of the prime minister in, in yeah, exactly. You know, so it's, it's <laughs> things like that, that um, people are intrigued by. Yeah, and I thought it's interesting because it also humanizes people in those roles, right? Like all of a sudden you have these people in these power positions, but they're just people, you know? They're elected people. They're people who are there from the public. They're just people like everybody else. Yeah, it you humanizes know? them. And of course we know, I've, I've read this as well, since um, Borgen started, they actually nominated a real life uh, female PM during the series. Yes. Um, and I know yeah. that I think I saw an uh, uh, interview with Sitsi Babbitt Knutson, who said, uh, you know, basically that was in the background, like she didn't pay much attention to it <clears throat> because like that's that's separate from the show. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with the show. So. Um, so, yeah. So any other thoughts or, or um, ideas on interiors or wardrobe before we wrap we wrap this? No. Up? Just jackets, jackets, jackets. I want all those jackets. <laughs> uh, I, I like the jackets too. If I have to dress yeah. somewhere nicely, it's always a nice blazer with a nice cut top inside. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's very stylish and cool and timeless too. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so, yeah. yeah. So uh, with that, we have one more episode coming up after this, which is the uh, season nine and 10 recap. And yep. then we're going to close off season one and we will start to record season two. So watch out for those episodes. Uh, check out our website, follow us on social media. We'd like to thank our listeners for joining us on this episode. You can check us out on our website, theborgenpodcast.com, where all of our episodes are archived and you can learn more about us and the show. We'd like to thank our good friend, Garth Jensen, for providing us our intro and outro music. Thank you very much, Garth. And lastly, don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms. We are there and we'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to connect with us and share what's on your mind using the hashtag The Borgen Podcast or by sending us an email or voice memo at theborgenpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>